0: Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today. And I want to begin with today's gospel, which is taken from Mark chapter 3. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lakeside, and great crowds from Galilee followed him, from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, Transjordania, and the region of Tyre and Sidon great numbers who had heard of all he was doing came to him and he asked his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd to keep him from being crushed for he had cured so many that all who were afflicted in any way were crowding forward to touch him and the unclean spirits whenever they saw him would fall down before him and shout you are the son of god but he warned them strongly not to make him known now one of our uh, regular listeners to uh, word for today has uh, told me um that it's often a bit of a tearjerker for her and as i was chatting with uh, anna in the office this morning i said that i didn't think that i'd done anything particularly tear jerking in a while and that the beginning of St. Mark's Gospel, which we've been reading since ordinary time, began, whilst very dramatic and full of beautiful moments, didn't seem to inspire me with any tear-joking moments. But Anna said to me that she thought today's gospel was a bit of a tear-jerker. And that certainly wasn't where I went with it when I preached this morning about why Jesus tells the demons not to bear witness to him. Making, I was making the point that truths spoken by the wrong people can in fact harm the truth. And I mentioned the need for our witness to be made credible by the way that we live our lives. And I wondered what Anna might say um, about why today's gospel was a tearjerker and my mind turned to those oppressed by demons. Um, more often than I think we realize Uh, people are suffering from demonic oppression and that's a fact borne witness to by the increased demand for exorcists all over the world and i thought of their anguish and i thought of the anguish of their families as they see their loved ones suffer in this way but anna mentioned something else she spoke of the experience of jesus and she spoke of the crowds and his need for rest and for solitude but nonetheless the expectant crowds crushing in upon him and demanding more and more of him. And it took my mind back to Father Jim Blount's visit to our church some months ago. And as I reflected upon nearer that time, it was the closest experience I've ever had of what it might have been like for Jesus with the crowds, what it must have been like to have been constantly pressed upon by people desperate for healing. Father Jim was in fact using my office here in the studio as a place to rest between the long services in the church. He had a sleeping bag on my wooden floor. Nobody was told that Father Jim was resting in the studio, and yet still the crowds gathered outside the door. I wish they would on days when he's not here, Um, but they would gather outside the door waiting for him to emerge. And what was so powerful and impressive to me was that once he emerged, or, even as happened a couple of times, he was broken in upon, he never gave the person anything less than his complete attention, and therefore his complete love. It was powerful to watch and to see that he was never rushed with a person, the prayer and the blessing were never perfunctory, and they didn't get shorter even as the queues got longer and the time got later would literally pour himself out for the sake of the people in front of him it was christ-like but then we might think would it not have been more impressive if he'd not sought to rest at all if he'd not sought sanctuary in my office no matter how tired well no first because as a priest he should conform himself to christ and christ took time to be away from the crowds in order to rest And just as crucially to pray to the Father. And in fact, rest and prayer can be the same thing. And prayer is the supernatural restorative, just as sleep is the natural restorative. And what is more, if the priest doesn't prioritize prayer, if we don't make a point of putting prayer first, then when we seek to love others, we only bring them ourselves. And that's less than we could have brought. I think it was Humbert of Romans who, in a similar vein, said that the preacher who preaches without praying only ends up with a sore throat. Please don't judge me on those days when I sound a little bit husky. It is important then that if we are to serve well, we must also rest and pray. But this is very different from the self-care movement that is massively on the rise at the moment and the way that it is often practiced. Now, self care is touted as a response to the all too real epidemic of anxiety and depression that is gripping Western culture. But the problem with self care, as it's often understood, is that I become the center of the world. I prioritize my own well being before others. But this, in turn, this turn in on the self only exacerbates the problem of an already over-individualistic society. The more I place my experience, my well-being at the centre of everything, the danger is that in fact I become more anxious, I become more upset about anything or anybody who impinges upon my sense of well-being and peace. Other people ultimately become obstacles to my will and well-being. Christian self-care though is different, Christian self-care is for the sake of others. We Love ourselves well in order that we might love our neighbour as we love ourselves. I rest so that I might love and serve better. It's a profound mind shift that takes us out of ourselves. In an excellent book I've been reading by David Brooks, How to Know a Person, he recounts the experience of a therapist, Mary Pyther, who early in her career said she tried to understand people by asking how others, mis- how others treated or mistreated them. But as she matured in her career, she found it much more useful to ask, how do you treat others? How do you make them feel? That strikes me as a much more Christian mindset and therefore a much more liberating mindset. We conform ourselves to Christ in prayer And we rest in order that we might love others like christ and it is only in loving others like christ that we are then fully conformed to christ and that conformity is ultimately a pouring out of the self christ's mission was not about self-preservation the candle is not just the symbol of jesus in the way that it brings light It is a symbol of Jesus in the way that it pours out its existence in giving that light. There's a difference between simply being burnt out and pouring yourself out. One we should avoid, the other we should seek. Let's now listen to the hillbilly Thomists singing, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say.
1: I heard the voice of Jesus say come unto Jesus, as I was weary and worn and sad, I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. I heard try